Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. What's up, darling? <laughs> what did you say? Oh my god, you're trying to pull a Tatiana on me, aren't you? And this is exactly what her race engineer said on the radio. Yes, it actually was the exact same phrase, and I was a little surprised when it happened, but why don't you actually tell me what's up? Okay, without the darling, but for starters, Kunal, my angst against Formula One television, that is uh, pretty serious because I had major issues during the last race. Well, I have always had some major complaints and views on how F1 TV needs to be. But what else have you got for me on this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast? Yeah, apart from the complaining, I really want to talk about Formula One because there are a lot of circuits that have announced renewals. Great news. Yes, I will talk about McLaren. They are fourth in the World Constructors Championship and also talk about just how much money is being spent by teams to try and win the Formula One World Championship. And you know what, I would actually also like to tell our listeners why this week's episode is out on a weekend, you know, a few days later than normal. And we will debate what Sebastian Vettel and Toto Wolff have been debating all of last week. Is the 2019 Formula One season boring thanks to Mercedes's dominance? Ladies and gentlemen, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, on Audioboom and on Google Podcasts for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. Subscribe to us, darling. Because <laughs> I have to stop with okay, this, darling. You're, you're overdoing it. <laughs> but anyway, guys, first things first. <laughs> you all should know that Kunal is the reason why this episode is coming to you a few days later than normal. Kunal, what is your excuse? Well, just because you can't ask Ferrari what their excuse was for pitting Charles Leclerc late in the race in Baku, you are actually trying to ask me why I am late in joining you for this week's show. Yes. But let me... <laughs> But let me tell you, I actually wasn't waiting for a safety car, you know, just like Ferrari were for the record. I was just annoyed, you know, at Ferrari for not even trying to do something different. And maybe that's why I was just trying to delay. You know, I don't end up coming to record a session where I'm just bitching about Ferrari because... Charles can't or, you know, Sebastian can't. Yeah, you know, honestly, beyond the point, I think we all knew that yet again, Ferrari was lacking a strategy for Leclerc. And I think 2019 is going to be the season when we find out how bad Ferrari can get through the entire season. Yes, in 2017 and 2018, Ferrari imploded in the second half of the season. And we we all know, we all have visuals every time we talk about this, uh, you know, these particular incidents. But in 2019... I think Ferrari have already imploded. You know, they probably uh, over-prepared for the second half of 2019, like just to make sure they don't lose it yet one more time after the summer break. And this is why they seem under-prepared for the first four races of 
2019. (laughs) That is hilarious, Kunal. I think that's going to be your best joke of this episode. Or not. Let's see. Anyway, what's your take on Vettel saying that 2019 has been boring? In fact, he made the boring reference to all of Mercedes' dominance since 2014. Firstly, let's remind Sebastian Vettel who dominated from 2010 to 2013. It was him in Red Bull Racing. And at that time, Formula 1 was boring as well. And of course, Vettel didn't feel it because he was winning. But I would like to say that any team dominating is boring for Formula 1 because I have no allegiance. I just want a damn good fight every time I watch a race. Yeah, and like Wolf and Hamilton already said several times already, in fact, Ferrari just needs to arrive to the title battle in 2019 already. I think we're all getting impatient. Yes, and I know the word already has been said five times in the last statement by Mithila, but you can see her impatience of (laughs) just waiting for Ferrari to land up. But it's not just... You know, the Mercedes guys, because this is what Ferrari believe themselves. I mean, Vettel and even all Formula One fans are getting impatient waiting for Ferrari to finally come to the title battle in 2019. And I read this report of how Mercedes are spending like nearly half a billion dollars every season to win titles in Formula One. And at least in the spending area, you know, Ferrari seem to be matching Mercedes or Mercedes are matching and Ferrari. Yeah, but Kunal, if Mercedes are spending that much to win, can you imagine how much Ferrari is spending to lose? Ouch. Ouch. Well, I remember back in the 90s and, you know, in in the early 2000s, Ferrari had the biggest budget. Like, they were outspending any and every team on the grid. And now, here's Mercedes outspending and outpacing Ferrari. Basically, Ferrari are being beaten in every department and they're so not used to it. Not. And, uh, you know, another interesting thought. Kunal, do you think 2019 could be 2016 all over again for Lewis Hamilton? Because is Valtteri Bottas the new Nico Rosberg? And I'm also wondering how soon before Mercedes implodes thanks to the intra-team rivalry or, you know, the civil war as we called it before. Well, for starters, I think Botas is just the new Botas, like we've been calling him Botas or Badass or Botas 2.0 or, or Fear the Beard or whatever it is. He... <laughs> You've been thinking a lot of names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just me, all of Formula One mm-hmm. is just trying to label Valtteri Botas as someone else or something else. Because let's remember, he has lifted his game. But I wouldn't want to belittle his efforts by comparing him to Nico Rosberg. No offense to Rosberg, but... I'm just loving this new avatar of Valtteri Bottas. And secondly, Mercedes are saying that they will not let the Hamilton-Bottas relationship deteriorate. And frankly, this is a very good statement for PR and media. But let's remind remind them that the truth is that Mercedes cannot control this relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think all it needs is a repeat of what happened in the 2016 Spanish Grand Prix. And by the way, the Spanish Grand Prix is next on the calendar for all of us. So let's watch out. Yes, and Lewis Hamilton already said that he was too friendly to Botas in Baku. And that is definitely going to change if these two gentlemen just being the two title contenders for 2019. Yeah, speaking of change, Kunal, do you think Ferrari is going to change ever? Uh, Leclerc said that he understands why Ferrari continues to favour Vettel and that he's working hard to get them to change their ways. Well, to think of it, Ferrari have been in a constant state of change. Let's remember that. You know, numerous team principles, they've had a driver change, team personnel changes... I think it's time that Ferrari stops trying to change and just tries to find their rhythm very soon enough. 
But I really wish that Sebastian Vettel doesn't, you know, change. He sounds so spiritual and humble and philosophical. You know, he's made statements like he doesn't want to leave a legacy in Formula One. He doesn't want to be remembered and it's okay, you know, if people move on to other better branded drivers. And he still has the absolute belief that he can be world champion. Now, these are his words, not mine, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, because sadly, our recent memories of Vettel are those, if you know him, spinning, benefiting from team orders, and of course, his Mario-style mustache, <laughs> lest we forget. I knew these were going to come up, especially the mustache. <laughs> My memory of Vettel from Baku especially was when, uh, you know, I remember seeing him on the, on the world feed where... Uh, Bernie Ecclestone's wife, Fabiana, was holding the umbrella for Vettel on the start grid. And this is, of course, when Vettel was getting ready to, you know, get into his racing car. He was wearing his balaclava and putting all those wires through as they need to. Now, that's one friendship and one honor that only a few drivers on the grid are very lucky to have. Probably Vettel, the only driver currently who's lucky to have. Yeah, I think speaking of lucky, Kunal, only very, very few fans were lucky to have their Formula One television subscriptions working properly for the race in Baku. Mine didn't work. I was so annoyed. I can't tell you. It was so terrible. In fact, I was so angry that I actually wrote an email to them asking for a refund, you know, because it's not about the money. It's just that oh, I was deprived of the opportunity of watching Baku, which could have been a really exciting race. Could have been. Could have been. Usually, Luckily, it wasn't. Usually has been. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly wondering how many more seasons before they can get their live streaming service right. And you know what? I now know how Ferrari and Vettel fans feel. The wait just seems endless. You had to bring that reference. Yeah, in, unfortunately, <laughs> Ferrari fans can't write to Ferrari asking for a refund. So <laughs> I'm a bit better there. <laughs> well, I would hope that F1 TV also sets up their own commentary teams. Like right now, the commentary feed is only in English. Fine, that's understandable. But they run the feed from Sky Sports F1. And I just think that that's not entirely fair to Formula 1 fans. Yeah, Kunal, I already know where you're going with this and I am going to agree. Thank you. Yes. You know, usually, it's not very often when Mithila and I agree, <laughs> and I agree on certain topics or most Anything. topics. <laughs> <laughs> but the Sky Sports F1 team is British and now without necessary proof, uh, we know that they can tend to be biased towards Lewis Hamilton and that's absolutely understandable. Uh, they're running a business in the UK. Their audiences are British and all they want to hear about is the legendary British racing car driver, Lewis Hamilton. But for you know F1 TV to be using this commentary is plain unfair to the non-British viewers. Yeah, I mean, imagine a viewer in Mexico or Japan or Singapore, and they're all being fed the same pro-Hamilton, pro-British commentary. And listen, I work for a sports television broadcast channel and I know what channels have to do for ratings, you know, things like localizations. And there's also a word like, you know, make your own heroes and hero worship and stuff like that, which are tried and tested methods to keep sure, make sure that fans and viewers keep coming back to consume live sports content. Yeah, Kunal, that's very interesting. But I think any more on this topic and it's only going to get more controversial. So let's be careful. Yes, you know, <laughs> uh, in which case I'm going to talk about the lag between the lifetiming display and the audio commentary. And there is a massive lag. And mind you, ladies and gentlemen, this lag did not exist in the last season or the season before last. And the lifetiming tracker actually already tells you what has happened long before the audio commentary does. And just so you guys know, the audio commentary is British as well. So make sure 
that all the opinions you hear, you sort of try and neutralize them. Yeah, I think BBC runs the audio commentary. But Kunal, moving on, a lot of contract renewals have been announced. So Monza has announced and there are rumors about Silverstone as well. And there's news that Zandvoort could replace Silverstone from 2020. News, news, news. And Saudi Arabia has offered a lot of money to host a Formula 1 race as well. Mithila, my thoughts, you know, what are the bets that if Saudi Arabia is added to the calendar, it will be the opening race of the season? And of course, they will pay a potload of extra money for that. Yeah, I mean, I could totally bet on Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi as the opening and closing rounds in the future. But it is strange that, you know, in the days leading up to the Spanish Grand Prix, there's talks that the venue might be dropped from the calendar. It's just strange. Yeah, I mean, I would be a little upset uh, because, Kunal, this was the race last year when I reported for the first time live from a Formula One Grand Prix. And uh, yeah, we had exclusive interviews, guys, with Romain Grosjean, Kevin Magnussen, Marcus Ericsson, and yeah, even Charles Leclerc. The Charles Leclerc. <laughs> yeah, and it was such a great experience. So I'm just sad that it could go. And I know, you know, the whole paddock experience can be so magical even more so because I spent six years in there. And, you know, every time I go back into the paddock, it feels like I've gone back home. But back to talking about the future. From 2020, the sport is trying to make changes to the clutch system to make sure that the driver is more responsible for race starts. And I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be actually hearing of this change because at least in the recent eras, I can't remember when a driver last stalled on the grid at the start of the race. And mind you, I don't want any driver to stall, uh, you know, necessarily. But the element of surprise actually made race starts more dramatic. Yeah, and not sure if a Q4 would have added drama to qualifying or not. But for 2020, there is no Q4 in qualifying. And uh, this actually makes me also want to talk about the uh, point for the fastest lap of the race. So Valtteri Bottas is ahead of Lewis Hamilton in the championship because of this point from Australia. Uh, But Max Verstappen still believes that this rule change doesn't really make sense uh, because he says that from his view, it's almost always going to be a top three driver who would score this point. Well, he is right. And, you know, the chances of a top three driver, top three team driver scoring the point is definitely higher. But again, you know, we are already seeing the difference it's made to the title battle. So let's just keep it for now. Yeah, I think in most races, we've seen drivers try and make a late race dash for this one point. And why not? You know, it adds so much drama and these otherwise boring races. I'm all for it. Me too. Anyway, uh, some interesting closing notes. So McLaren's first double points finish in Baku after more than a year. And uh, Force India's first double points of the season. And Daniel Ricciardo reverse driving into Danny Kivat. You know, that was crazy. I knew that Daniel Ricciardo was going to come up, but I'm going to go with McLaren's double points in Baku. Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz Jr., Zach Brown, all of McLaren needed this result. And you know, all it took was one clean race where the drivers didn't have issues on the first lap or incidents on the first lap. Yeah, I think uh, Norris and Sainz would also be relieved that it isn't just swanky McLaren road cars that they're getting to drive. (laughs) Yeah, their Instagram stories or social media stories are filled with all the McLaren road cars that, uh, you know, that's going to be their company car for the season. But racing points, double points. But, you know, Lance Stroll, eighth straight Q1 elimination, although he managed to score a point in the race. And Otmar Schaffner off racing points said that Stroll is a damn fast driver. 
Well, I think he forgot to add that barring Q1, Lance Stroll is a damn fast driver. <laughs> yeah, and this was also quite interesting. Sergio Perez praised Lawrence Stroll as the most motivated person in the garage. Now, I would be worried if Lawrence Stroll was actually more motivated than Sergio Perez himself. Or Lance Stroll. <laughs> Imagine that. But, you know, these statements, again, need to be neutralized a little bit when you consume them, especially when it comes from Racing Point. And finally, Ricardo's reverse drive into Danny Kivat. You know, it's sort of symbolic of his move from Red Bull Racing to Renault. Yeah, and this is damn interesting. So Helmut Marco said that Renault tricked Ricardo into leaving Red Bull Racing by showing him graphs of engine performance that never existed. Well, Ricardo and Marco still have a relationship, even though they're rival teams now. And the relationship is in, in the world of betting. Ricardo lost money to Marco about Botas leaving Mercedes at the end of 2018. And I think if anyone had to place their bets on this topic now, everyone would probably bet for a renewal of contract, at least for one season for Valtteri Botas. I think so too. But Kunal, you know, when you think of Ricardo's incident with Danny Kivat, basically Ricardo made a mistake while driving in forward and while driving in reverse. So... <laughs> Well, everyone's actually talking of the mistake he made only while driving in reverse. But mm. it's Mithila on the Inside Line F1 podcast who... Doesn't miss a thing, <laughs> guys. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, at least from the first four races of this season, Ricardo's move to Renault just seems like an absolute disaster. And it's really sad because we love Daniel Ricardo. And Kunal, I know he scored one seventh place finish, but I'm just talking about everything else. Just a disaster. And I think if Ricardo's performances do not improve, I would expect his personality delivery to, you know, go up one gear. Because let's remember, he's going to have to work harder in other areas to remain relevant in the paddock. And especially if an early seat becomes available at, say, a Ferrari or something, you never know if Sebastian Vettel leaves Formula One at the end of 2019 after yet another humiliating defeat. I mean, I'm just hypothesizing. Yeah, but it could be. And in fact, still on Renault. So Cyril made a bold claim about Red Bull Racing, uh, that Red Bull Racing is what it is today thanks to Renault. But Kunal, I honestly think it's quite the opposite, that Red Bull Racing made Renault the world championship winning engine partner. And I fear that Renault will fade away into oblivion and maybe even out of Formula 1 if they do not resurrect form. And... We've actually, you know, if you go back in history, especially the last decade or decade and a half, Renault has had an on and off relationship with Formula One. Finally, on Nico Rosberg, he almost became the only Formula One world champion to receive a two race ban after retirement. And I think the whole grid pass issue was so embarrassing for Nico Rosberg. Yeah, it was so strange, honestly, like what's going on. But, you know, I'll tell you what was more embarrassing. Williams sending Robert Kubica out nine minutes earlier than they should have in the race in Baku. And that's the reason why Kubica received a penalty. Well, let's just hope that Robert Kubica's come back to Formula One improves as the season progresses in 2019 on that note ladies and gentlemen we will see you in a few days from now just before the spanish grand prix happy listening and enjoy the weekend bye bye